Hello. Do you have headphones on? No. You really are just a rebel today, huh? <laughs> a rebel without a cause. So I wanted to do a podcast episode about <clears throat> dealing with your child that has rad around the holidays. Um, but I wanted to do it before freaking Halloween and we didn't. So I think we should start there. What do you think? Um, that sounds great. Okay. So we'll do that really quick and then we'll talk about like the difference between how you used to feel maybe during holidays and then like how you feel now and if there's any difference and what it's like for you, you know? Okay. So <clears throat> what about Thanksgiving? Do you feel like rad being a child, if you think back to Thanksgiving, if you have any memories of Thanksgiving, I don't know. Do you? Semi. Semi? What do you mean? I mean, I can picture it, I think. Mm. I have, like, vague memories of it. Okay. Of it, as though it was just one Thanksgiving. I had one Thanksgiving, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, they all um, kind of mushed together, you know? Okay. Do you think that you would, if you were to think back to your life, um, do you think Thanksgiving is a time that would have triggered you before? Or um, do you think that you were like in your thankful vibe or what? I think all holidays triggered me. Yeah. Mainly because I always love being had triggered. just wanted to be <laughs> yeah, I'm in love with it. Um <laughs> I just always wanted what I couldn't have, basically, which was to be with my dad on holidays. Mm -hmm. And even when I got to the point of knowing that I wouldn't be, it still triggered me because of just, you know, living with certain people. Um, it wasn't, the holidays were not necessarily the happiest time of the year. Yeah. And for That's Thanksgiving... True. I have always struggled with thankfulness. Mm -hmm. Now I'm at the point where I can recognize it and not be oppositional towards it. Yeah. But it still doesn't technically really come completely naturally. I've just trained myself to be able to give thanks, basically, like be thankful. Be grateful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And the other thing, too, is, like, the difference between back then and holidays now are, and I noticed this not that long ago because I was talking to someone about Christmas. And I was being asked, like, what my favorite holiday was, and I said Christmas. And I said it wasn't because of the presents, but now it is because of the type of happiness that it brings. Like, when I got us the really, really tiny tree and yeah, stuff, Yeah, that's you know? our tree. That's the only tree we have. Yeah. <laughs> So it's just like holidays for me now are more so just enjoying. I feel like it's kind of like the closest I can get to enjoying it is seeing how it affects others like you and mom. Yeah. So just seeing seeing how it makes you guys happy. Well, you like buying happy. gifts and giving gifts to people. You like that. Yeah, I do. I do. Which is, I think, um, an interesting thing to consider because of just how you know, like you're pretty self-involved as a tot, as a little, as a little person, as a young lady. You mm -hmm. didn't really think about other people very often, I would say. So it's a big, it's a stark difference from how you were, you know, even in your preteens and whatnot. I agree. Yeah. Did you, <clears throat> so, so your changes, of course, like with most things, um, it's after getting to live with your dad for a while. So do you feel like that has anything to do with where you are now versus where you were before living with your dad? Um, can, like in general or holiday-based? I mean, holiday-based. I mean, I think everything is definitely impacted by you getting to live with your dad, of course. But but yeah. specifically, yeah, you think that there's like living with him and having the him around for the holidays to change your perspective, I guess? 
or make um, it yes give it you closure? Did, mainly because um you know when dad it was in the picture like when i was living with him there was an entire family involved yeah and it was definitely a different experience because most of our family don't really get together for a lot of vacations and so having my dad's wife's family around was interesting and it kind of said you wanted a huge family (laughs) exactly I know and I don't think the problem is that they have a huge family I think the problem was that I didn't feel as if it was like a genuine connection to family connection holiday vibe like it wasn't it wasn't what I had desired right and do you think what you had desired was like your dad's side of the family, everybody together with you and your dad and like that kind of a vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted just, you know, the whole family together, like everybody together, but also just to like everything, you know, be happy. Cause that is also a problem with our family is that they're not happy people. So it's just like, <laughs> even that is really not a true or a thing that would happen. They don't express happiness in a lighthearted way, that's for sure. No. <laughs> but, I mean, they do at times, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. Not always exactly the same, but. um, Okay. So, Christmas is probably a bigger conversation, truly, because if you think about being eight-year-old Alyssa and gifts and, you know, your inability at the time to really feel like well well to not only just feel grateful for the gifts and stuff that you would get but of course like participate in the holiday spirit I guess and then also like um stay out of trouble around holidays especially things like Christmas um and your behavior wouldn't be like on point I can say you know yeah you'd be like acting out pretty hardcore usually around Christmas yeah Um, I think um I definitely still, like, struggle with – it just almost is, like, a habit for me now to participate, and it's a habit to – it's, like, I've made it a habit to participate in holidays. I've made it a habit to be thankful of others and be considerate of others and, like, want to do those things because it's definitely still hard for me to necessarily, like – truly genuinely participate but it gets easier like it's been it's definitely a lot easier than it was like I have a lot more control over my actions and um I feel the genuine uh want to participate and like want to give you guys presents yeah yeah, like make everyone happy and like have it be a good holiday okay and so like thinking about other parents and kids like what okay so like for people that maybe are new to rad and they haven't had their rad maybe have like an adopted child or foster child and they haven't gone through like a Christmas yet but they've had a rough couple of months leading up to it what do you think they can expect like let's say if we're warning somebody about rad Christmases what would you say is like a typical experience that they may be able to prepare themselves for um probably um them not really expressing a lot of gratitude yeah um probably also and they're not just not expressing gratitude because they're maybe the opposite or they're not you know appreciative it's because we can't really it's very hard for us to recognize what we should be thankful for and when to be thankful um and considerate and you know all of that so it's like just don't expect them to act normal. Like, don't expect them to, like, if you have other kids, don't expect them to receive presents or receive gifts or behave the same as another kid who grew up with you or a, whatever. Like, they're not going to behave the same way that a regular kid would. It's probably going to trigger them. That's probably why the month before they had been acting up the whole time. Um, you're probably going to have a couple arguments, you know, just like the best thing you can do is show them you care and don't have a lot of expectations of them. 
Well, that's not easy to do when it's like holiday times and yeah. family coming in town and they're like literally destroying things or cussing and yelling and just behaving badly. Like what, um, and like maybe being mean to the siblings or even dangerous in some cases, like depending on how severe their behavior is, you know? So yeah, like, I think for me, the little things always triggered me a lot. Like the lack of gratitude and stuff like was hard for me. It was hard for me to like deal with like all the sacrifices that I had to make to make Christmas happen and shit and then like I'm out here doing all the things and you're just like unconditionally miserable no matter what I do um so for me that was like the biggest trigger but I think the behavior can be like really embarrassing I think if you like go to church and you do this you do that like for some parents I think it's a whole spectacle and they have you know family that maybe the kid doesn't see often so the kid is like triangulating and you know things of that nature yeah so do you have advice for like when family comes in town and they're triangulating and trying to position you like the you know the parent like the monster meanwhile they're not seeing the real behavior of the child of course you know yeah um just (laughs) best to have patience, um, try to show them other ways to express themselves, you know, like maybe just be like, okay, if you need some space or whatever, like go over there. You I know. feel like you're not in the vibe today. I have to tell you. Do you feel like you're not in the vibe today? Um, it's okay if you're not. You can just say that and we can talk about other things. Like the vibe to talk about holidays? <laughs> yeah, holidays and just like child rods. Like, I feel like you're not really. I think it's not about the vibe. It's just about like holidays are always hard for me. So talking about like, you know, advice to give. I don't really, I don't really know. I know what you can expect from a kid around the holidays with Rad. But I don't really know how to fix that situation because I didn't really get better with holidays until after I lived with dad. Yeah. So. Let's talk about, let's, I, I'll just have a separate conversation with the audience about holidays and giving advice and whatever, but so, so just to like actually answer some of the holiday questions about rad and rad behavior, um, and to validate kind of like what the experience could potentially be, I, I'm just going to jump in really quick and touch on that topic, um, I do know Christmas is hard. It is really hard, especially if you have, you know, if things are tight financially or all the other commotion that occurs during the holidays, like just compounds, you know, what can be a pretty miserable experience um, is compounded by all of the other parts of the holidays that we generally stress about. Um, I do have some ideas of what a person could do um, that might or might not be helpful. I mean, you know, you give ideas and you can give strategies and stuff. But like, sometimes these things work for some people. Sometimes they don't. You know, you just never know. I know that Thanksgiving, um, a lot of times what I like to do is I like to change. I, I like to change my own expectations and manage myself because there are a lot of people around. There isn't like a bit other than eating. There isn't like a big attention grabbing event like at Christmas when you're giving gifts and opening gifts and there's a lot of distractions like you're cooking you're talking you're eating you're cleaning you're cooking you're eating again whatever um they're going to be in that heightened state of like triangulation they're going to be fighting with the other kids they're going to be you know telling stories about things that aren't true they're going to be you know trying to steal the attention in negative ways whatever so what I like to do is I like to or what I would like to recommend is that you literally just start your day and prepare yourself now to allow your child to be around people that think poorly of you and highly of them. Allow yourself to just not be defensive, not be in the mindset of having to retell all the terrible stories from the last six months since the last time you saw them. Don't correct them every time they are, you know, hanging like a monkey off of a chair. Like, just allow yourself to experience the holiday as though it's like 
<clears throat> normal behavior. If you act like it's normal behavior and you aren't triggered by it, you will probably have better behavior from the child. The less triggered you are, the less embarrassed you look or act or feel, the less defensive you are. Like they're going to be on their best behavior if you're on your worst, you know? So I would say just and try to enjoy the holiday and try to let them be around other kids and let them be around, you know, the family that is um, positioned to always think that they're innocent and be triangulated by them. Just let them have that moment. It's fine, really, because nothing is going to change. Nothing is going to dramatically change in your life if they tell another terrible story about you and how shitty you are. It's not going to change anything about your life that that isn't already in existence. So if I were you, I would just deal with your your normal emotions that are very valid and they are to be expected and 90% of people that um have been part of the victim of you know the victimhood of triangulation as the rescuer 90% of those people would have the exact same or worse reaction to the things that you react to so like it's all valid and it's all real but you can't do anything about it on Thanksgiving. You're not going to change a child with rad behavior on Thanksgiving. Like they're not going to magically not be themselves on Thanksgiving. Your family's not going, or their family, whomever, whatever adults are around, are not going to magically see the, the chaos and the triangulation and manipulation. It's not going to change on Thanksgiving. You can't preemptively prepare for it in any other way than to just manage your own expectations. And as far as Christmas goes, um, I like to do cerebral punishments for things <laughs> or like cerebral um, ha- like activities, I guess, where like, for example, Thanksgiving uh, for Christmas, I would say if you have a child that is very into the receiving the see my kid didn't like giving gifts didn't care about the gifts you got them. They wanted to get gifts, but the gift content she and she's still like that she doesn't really she's not into like brands and like all these things like she is super easy to buy for as far as like she doesn't have very expensive materialistic needs um she's always like said actually since she was young like she doesn't like gifts that she has to keep earning so like if you got her a cell phone and you said it was her cell phone it's not really her cell phone because she can get it taken away and have to earn it back she did not like to be given things she didn't ask for that she would have to work towards keeping or whatever. And I thought that was a pretty mature take actually on receiving things. And I can understand her um, disinterest actually. So she was very easy to buy for in the sense of like, she wasn't really that picky, didn't really have like long wish lists. She liked whatever kind of clothes. She just, she kind of just like was down with whatever. So if you have a kid, like I know, especially like young boys and their video games and stuff, their consoles and these $55, $65 games that come out and whatever. Um, if you've already made up your mind and their behavior has warranted that you're not going to spend that kind of money if they break things or they're destructive or they've had exceptionally bad behavior. Um, I think that they should not be, I don't believe in complete um I don't believe you should give them nothing. I don't believe in complete, um, like a a Christmas where all their friends are going to get gifts of, you know, some proportion, probably of them will have very big gifts. Uh, I don't think, have no gifts. I don't think that's fair. Um, because these are still children at the end of the day. Like, I think that the, the right thing to do is to make Christmas about giving and that if they want to receive something, they have to do a very good job of giving. And that doesn't have to be monetarily. Like, they don't have to go buy their siblings' gifts. They can make it. They can do an act of service. They can, or several acts of service. But they have to be creative and come up with it. And I think that takes a lot out of the parent. But I think making them learn those lessons, even by force, um, can sometimes pay off really uh, big in the end and even if you can like double team the ma- the manipulation and like you know I wish I would have done this like looking back I know for Mother's Day my kid would always want to do something for the women in her life that weren't me 
So, and I got really upset and petty about it at times. Um, Looking back, I wish I would have just really like capitalized on whatever she was doing. I would have doubled down on it. Um, I think that I would have been benefited by, because that's exactly what I would do today. You know, Um, I think that making food for people and doing acts of service for people and doing things for um, maybe even if you can volunteer or do things for people, you know, even if you have to like drag them to the soup kitchen and they're miserable and crying and you say like, okay, I mean, we can either do this or we, you know, we're going to do this now, or we can sit here until you're ready to go in and participate and volunteer and do what, you know, like just be very hard lined about the fact that they have to give um, the spirit of giving and the spirit of like memory making. Cause I know there's a lot of opposition in making memories. Um, they don't like to be involved in orchestrated things that would make mom happy a lot of the time. So if you want everyone to wear those cute, like Buffalo plaid matching pajamas and they're like, Oh no, ma'am, I'm going to ruin this picture for you. This family photo. Um, <clears throat> just kind of like embrace the, the nature of it because again, like if it's family photo day and everybody's in matching pajamas and your rad child is like really showing out whatever you respond, whatever way you respond that day, it's not going to change the behavior. They're not going to magically like, you're not going to feel any better. It's not going to unruin the day, if you will. So like if it's spoiled, it's spoiled. So just just act accordingly and behave within the confines of like what the capacity of that child is um if you have family that like take the kids for christmas break or whatever um and you don't usually send your rad child maybe you know go ahead and attempt it this year and just like let yourself breathe and hope that you can like rely upon them being on their best behavior when they're around other people because you really maybe you just need the break and like you deserve the break if there are activities that your kid is being punished so they're grounded they're not going to this school activity or that school activity or family function or church function like maybe bend the rules and give yourself some space and time so that you can have some new time and let them go it's not going to hurt you to just let them go you know if they are older teenagers and they want iphones and macbooks and you know expensive makeup or whatever I would say like if you would normally be willing to buy them that but their behavior has been so poor that you're not interested in making that sacrifice I think you can tell them that and just say like I normally would have put $150 in your budget for Christmas but because of the last two months like I can't I can't reconcile that for myself like I can't rationally make that sacrifice so I'm going to compromise on a gift and it's not going to be the gifts that you would have gotten it's going to be something um easier for me to justify to myself and I'll put the rest of the money back and maybe you can earn it or you know something creative like that I I feel like um, nothing works. It's not like there's a, there's like, there's not some magic key or some magic potion or like a magic answer or solution to this that makes Christmas wonderful for you. There just isn't. And that's just the hard like truth of it. So I guess what I'm trying to tell you is that do you lock them in the room? Um, you know, with nothing but their mattress and like no toys, no Christmas presents because they've been just acting so absolutely awful that you can't even stand the idea of buying them a gift. No, like, I don't think that's, that's, that doesn't, that isn't the answer and it doesn't change anything. Um, I think if you need a break from them, you need to find some way to get a break if your house is in turmoil and the holidays are making it worse. But I think that like extreme longevity, like extreme time, um, extreme lengths of time in repeated grounding and punishment and stuff like that. I I haven't seen that work ever. And I think that um, sometimes the crossover is that we're desperate for some space and peace. And so we just tell them, no, we strip everything away and we, just like kind of put them in a miniature prison for a couple of weeks 
you know, we're fighting and battling and making them go to the room and like, we're not giving them anything that would distract them, but really we're punishing ourselves too. And we're not punishing them in an effective way. So I think that towards the holidays, sometimes to lighten up a little bit and like take the offer for like, you know, him to go stay at his best friend's house, like his mom offered and said, you know, a uh, little Johnny could always come and stay at our house. And you're like, hell no, no, he can't, he'll kill that cat or whatever. Like, like give other people the opportunity to be adult and like help intervene. I think that you'll be surprised that if things go terribly wrong, like then they go terribly wrong and it is what it is, you know, like what's, what could be worse? If they, if they, if you do your due diligence and make sure that you're not sending your child with a complete, you know, space cadet, this is another functioning adult that's a parent like you have to trust that they can parent your kid maybe give them a heads up about certain things like whatever and then just allow yourself some space let the kids be the kids over there at their house and don't feel too guilty and just like have a glass of wine and think about creative ways to <laughs> manipulate your child for for towards like being in the spirit of giving or something um, or maybe just don't even think about the kids, just like take two, three, four hours or an evening overnight trip to like, to really manage your own expectations and your own like response, because we, we do get petty and we do start acting like, you know, we're desperate is what it is. So we get petty and we get desperate and we get like fearful of embarrassment, fearful of what, what the repercussions of the child's behavior in other roles, you know, uh, other family members and other people's homes and during the holidays and like what damage you know we're like doing like damage control all the time so yeah that's just like a quick little um those are my quick little thoughts about it um Alyssa definitely is like a little triggered right now so she's not in her best uh, advice giving space so we'll talk more about that next time maybe um once we have some clarity and foresight in our in our uh, retroactive clarity I guess you could say so yeah I'm gonna blend these two recordings together and get an episode posted for everyone if you have questions or thoughts or ideas send them over and uh, hopefully we'll get another podcast up pretty soon all right guys talk to y'all later while I have you on the phone on the podcast let's do like Let's have a conversation about struggling in college and being disassociated and rad and what you've learned and what you're seeing, what habits and patterns and stuff that you're seeing for yourself, you know, like you versus say a person that didn't have the, the, the battle with like disassociating when things are triggering and like, what are you seeing amongst your peers and amongst, you know, like what kind of things have you noticed about trying to adult a uh, transition into an adult in college? Um, well, I mean, I would like to believe that well, I have a pretty similar experience to most children. I feel like mine or most students, I think mine is just, it's a little bit harder sometimes because, like, everybody has their own, like, cycle that they go through during the semester. Mine is start off semi-strong and excited towards the end, mess off a little bit, you know, kind of get distracted, don't do my schoolwork, and then the actual end, I'm spending that time catching up. Um, And that tends to happen so far every semester, but... I think that it's harder because being, like, whereas most kids, like, they probably wouldn't go as long as a kid or as a college student with RAD without doing their schoolwork or, like, things like that. Like, they probably... How long are you going? Jesus. Well... (laughs) I know it can be quite, quite a stretch of time. Yeah. And it's just, like, it's hard... I don't know, you know, this could be every student, but I'm sure it also has to do with having rad. It's just like the motivation isn't there. You get distracted very easily if you're not. Um, I think that a lot of rad kids need like a lot of 
words of affirmation kind of and so like in college it's different because you're doing that for yourself and so it's not the same and so it's like you don't really get your reward until way later and with a lot of red kids what helps is like doing something good and then getting reward for it and so I think it's just mainly motivation is hard um and then just the cycle of at least once a semester getting really distracted and not wanting to do schoolwork, not doing schoolwork at all. <laughs> I feel like you um, gaslight yourself too. Like you're just like, okay, I'm not cut out for this. Like, obviously, this is not my path. Obviously, I need to be considering other options. Like, I do. I, just need to- I definitely yeah. do gaslight myself. I and it's not even just during those times. It's pretty much the whole semester. Uh, what happened? I'll be doing homework, and even if I do complete it, I'm still like. I don't think I should be in college. Like, I don't think I'm good at this. I don't think I'm good at school. Um, And then especially when, like, I mess off and finally decide to come back and do my schoolwork, I am just like, this is why I shouldn't be in college, you know? Like, I definitely, like, it's like we go hard on ourselves, but we don't. It's like we go hard because we, like, know we're pretty much messing things up. But at the same time, you don't go hard on yourself enough to, like, keep going. Keep it, yeah, you're not hard enough on yourself to like fix it, but like hard you're enough, hard on enough yourself. to explain why you shouldn't even try. Yeah, right. Well, and then how do you feel like when you've actually pulled it out at the end and like you get a good grade and everything is all all is well in the world? Like, how does that? Do you feel like a sense of like being a little bit refreshed in those moments? Like, um, oh, that's over. It wasn't so bad. <laughs> yes and no. It's like. I kind of feel refreshed, but at the same time, I still don't necessarily feel satisfied with myself because I never truly, like, just give all of my effort. Um, right. So it's like I don't really ever feel like I've done enough or complete enough or got a good enough grade. Like it could have been better and you know that kind of thing? Yeah. Well, so what kind of conversations do you have with yourself during these phases, like, where you're fucking, like, where you're, like, fucking it off and then excuse my French and then when you're like um okay I'm gonna pull it together and like you're trying to make it up and get it done and like what types of things are you saying to yourself during these moments like um well it's usually like I mess it off and usually during the times that I go through a period of messing it off like a longer period I don't really say much to myself it's like I know I need to do homework but whatever and I'll get to it later yeah and then towards the end of the semester when I'm like okay I snapped out of it now I need to start catching up and like doing my schoolwork it's more so of like scaring myself about failing um (laughs) so it's just like you can't fail this class like you can't pay the money back whatever like you need to pass the class whatever and that's kind of what gets you what gets me to do my schoolwork yeah yeah and then would you say like uh, let's be honest okay like obviously I'm very much hyper involved in your college and like your grades and doing your work and all this stuff like to to what some people would probably say is controlling or excessive or whatever um but do you think that it actually does keep you somewhat accountable or like do you think not to say like don't you think it's great that I'm always uh, on your in your business but like do you think that it is necessary still or um um I can't say what it would be like without it you know because that's (laughs) never happened but I will say like a lot of the time I I know that even if you weren't like you telling me to do my schoolwork doesn't really get me to do my schoolwork Hmm. if that makes sense like it's like you'd be like unless you're like Alyssa you need to do your homework or you're not gonna like leave the house and go to the gym today then I'd probably do some homework but outside of that it's like on just a regular day where you're just having a conversation with me it's like I'm listening to you I hear you but that doesn't give me well, I guess I was more like talking about when I've like realized that you're doing poor and I start to get upset and I'm like, okay, we need to have a sit down. And like, I'm like, okay, like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that without that, 
I would probably still end up getting my stuff together. Yeah. Um, I think that, like, usually when you find out and start to have a conversation is usually around the time that I'm already pretty close to just start to snapping out of it and starting up again. So it's uh-huh. always, like, right towards the end of my not doing schoolwork and then it's like we have a conversation and then I am back to doing my schoolwork sometimes yeah but most of the time like when you come to talk to me I've already pretty much gotten to the point of like I know I need to get on this and I'm going to get onto this um I don't know it's like a weird like if you weren't there to tell me to do my schoolwork like in my cycles that I have during the semester I think I would Mm -hmm. still have the same cycle like I don't think I would just fall off I think the difference you make is not allowing me to drop out of school yeah yep yeah because you don't usually want to drop out of school until it's like middle of semester and you're overwhelmed and there's a lot going on and you're behind and blah 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 like I mean and I that's just my rule like you're not gonna quit in the middle of a semester and drop classes like you're gonna finish the semester if you're gonna make a choice to do something different or whatever you have to complete because and that's just because of our interpersonal family things like not finishing things is something that I struggle with struggled with for a long time because I was never made to be accountable to what I signed up to do and it has not benefited me in my life so you know yeah but so like okay what about how do you feel um that you're like actual do you feel like you have like a hard time seeing the end of things like it doesn't feel like you're ever going to finish school so it makes it like really hard to stay committed like what do you think the thing some of the things that you struggle with um that are like maybe impeding your ability to get a better have like get better habits with schoolwork or like what do you think it is um well I think a disadvantage I have is that I've always struggled with any habit um <laughs> could be That's literally anything I don't really have any habits um so it's like I you know trying to make habits for school is the same as trying to just follow a regular habit at home it never yeah. really <laughs> sticks with me but yeah. um I would say that in my head I do know that I'm gonna finish school and like I do know when I'll finish school for the most part am I um <laughs> and like I have an idea and stuff but a lot of the times it just doesn't matter because every semester I just end up feeling like I can't finish the semester. Like I'm not going to complete it or I'd rather just be working all day instead of doing schoolwork or, you know, things like that. Do do you recognize that it's kind of similar to like the, the habit or the, the like the cycles of like when you're living with this person, when, the, you know, like you live with Shannon, you feel like this, like when you live with me, you feel like that, like, it's always like that grass is greener. I'd rather be working, but when you're working, you're like, oh, I wish I was just in class, you know, like, yeah. do you think that that's a possibility that you're experiencing some of that grass? I don't think I was in class while working. Well, but... you know what I know. You, well, yeah, that's I know, because I you haven't you switched it up yet. <laughs> yeah. But like when, but you have, I mean, essentially like you have gone through phases with work where you don't really feel like going to work you don't want to go to this job anymore you want to get a new job like where you're just like over it you know and you're ready for a change abruptly without any real cause or planning yeah which I'm pretty sure the thing about the change I'm pretty sure that's why like every semester I am excited at first because it's something different it's something new and then once it's gone on for like such a long time I just get over it yeah it, do you think that you were, do you think that it was better for you when you were in the accelerated, like the summer classes instead of the long semesters? I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. Do you even remember summer classes at this point? I Probably do. feels like it was I a long time ago. Stress, stressing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, it's, it's like two sides experience. of the street. It's like my accelerated classes, I think are probably better for the fact that I actually complete them, but I like... It's like well, the for the longer, record, you haven't not completed. I any have of not completed in my head yeah. though. Like in my yeah. head, it's not as hard to complete an accelerated class than it is to complete a sixteen-week-long class. Yeah. But then also the accelerated classes, it seems stress me out more. And then it's this, more information in right, a short time. Yeah. Right. And then the sixteen-week-long classes, it's kind of just like it feels like it's going on and on and on. <laughs> 
I promise like and then when you're done the and then I'm like oh my god there's four weeks left for me to catch up I know it's gonna be like it's literally gonna be over before you know it I swear I know that everybody says that but it's so true so what were you thinking what have you been thinking lately as far as like um some things that you notice as far as like your study habits or your style like when I was in college I know and you and I are very similar in these ways like for me I always like I finally just came to terms I've talked to you about this before like came to terms with the fact that like I don't really need to take notes and taking notes for me in class was like a distraction because I would be more worried about like the note taking task than the information I was learning um and we've talked about these types of things but like have you noticed that you're like developing any new habits around learning or like any things that are impeding you um I've mainly noticed that I do well when I am being interacted with yeah um it's like when you're in like a teach back kind of capacity yeah yeah so it's like interacting with someone helps me a lot notes they can help me but at the same time it's not like I could be taking notes and that would distract me or I could be listening to the teacher and that distracts me too because I won't feel like I'm receiving any keeping information. it you're yeah. receiving it but not recording it yeah it's not registering in my brain um so I think my the new habits that I've like learned about myself is just like having someone to talk to about what I've learned or like, you know, talking to the teacher, asking questions when I'm confused um, is mainly the best way for me to learn what I'm supposed to learn. Yeah, I can understand that. That's I'm kind of the same way. What else is going on with you? Like, what would you say? um, Like, what's your general vibe for this week like what are your what's your general thoughts feelings disposition about things now that it gets dark at 4 30 p.m how are you feeling right um I'm back and forth you know some nights I want to stay out really late because I'm not tired some nights I want to go home early so I can stay up late for no reason um (sighs) some nights I you know, I don't know. It's all, it's all over the place, kind of, you know. I'm just like, I want to go out. I want to stay in. I want a game. I need to do homework. Um, just the classic struggles of an 18-year-old girl. Yeah, you time. know, it's not really a hard <laughs> life, but it is. Yeah, it's um, interesting because, like, watching you is interesting because I'm like, I know how independent you feel and all of these things. And I just like, I'm just like, man, I don't know why anybody, like, why did we decide 18 was the number to like consider someone an adult? You know, like, why did we pick that number? So arbitrary because like 20 would have been a nice round number, you know, like you're an adult when you're 20. Like, I feel like, why are you an adult before you can buy alcohol or vapes? Like if you can't buy alcohol or vapes, you shouldn't be considered an adult. Right. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard for me because, like, I just see the child in you still and the behaviors that are just developing. And I worry about, like, you know, I I worry about if I make a choice to let you, like, suffer consequences. I'd, like, rather interrupt the, the behavior before you have to naturally receive the consequences. I think that's always been my problem as a parent. Yeah. Because I'm like, this could be the worst thing she ever experienced if I don't stop her now. Uh, I don't know. It's hard. It is hard. So what about like uh, your your friendships and boyfriendships and dating and um, double dating? I know you love to double date with your friend. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. She's my emotional support. Actually, no, technically I'm hers. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's nice. I'm going back and forth between I want to date, I don't want to date, I just want someone to take me out to the movies, and I don't want to go anywhere. Um, pretty much, huh? You've had pretty good luck at finding guys to date that are interested in doing exactly whatever you want. Uh huh. Yeah. 
so that's been good so far for you you haven't had to make a lot of like concessions no no there's not are you not interested in really making concessions (laughs) i'm back and forth you know for like a little minute i wasn't interested in dating i was just interested in like going out having fun getting to know people now i'm like semi-interested but still considering it um and then friendships wise there's still just one (laughs) so what do you think like what are you noticing about like as you're now like moving into these adult situations like going on double dates and trying to like you know line up the right like okay we got to line up a guy for this one for this date and like you know you're getting ghosted by some and then you're like calling the backups and you know she's really disappointed because the main guy she liked didn't you like he goes her but you guys find a fill-in like what are you do you notice anything as you're entering adulthood about the dynamics of dating and like uh, the power balance or any of those things um probably but I can't think of it because you're texting and you're distracted no I'm not texting (laughs) or snapchatting I'm not doing that either but no I just don't I don't think I quite understand the the question yeah so like you're developing relations like you never know when like you're you're just living your life right going out with your friends you're meeting guys you're She's meeting guys, you guys are going on double dates. You never know like when you're gonna meet the guy that like stops you in your tracks or like that you develop a really fond liking for and end up dating for five years. Like you're building these relationships, she's building relationships, even though she's about to move. Like, are you noticing anything about like attachment and feelings and feeling triggered and like, you know, being disappointed by people or feeling grateful that someone showed up or just, you know, like the 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 different dimensions of building relationships as you're moving into adulthood um I'm definitely noticing that it's not necessarily a question of whether you like someone or not what is that what do you mean like before it used for me I used to like guys because they liked me and then I didn't even know if I really liked them or not now Mm. I'm kind of understanding that like you'll know if you like someone or if you're attracted to them it won't it's not really going to be like a question mark of like am I or am I not maybe Um, you should back up a little bit and explain that like explain what you just said about how you used to like people because they liked you like talk about that a little bit oh well they were just easy to use well yeah okay but I mean like so when you were 15, 16, or like 14, 15, and you would get a, like a school boyfriend or whatever, like, what was that feeling like you, because you would pretend or like you would try to convince yourself that you really liked them. Yeah. Um, it was more so I, and I liked the attention I was getting, or I liked what I thought I would get out of it, or I wanted it to look a certain way, um, like to be cool at school or something. But it wasn't really there. No. No. It's. It, I understand now that, like, you'll know if it's there or not. Okay. And before, you didn't even realize that was a thing that you should, like, you didn't even realize there was something missing. You just thought that you were just, like, it sounds to me, that's how it sounds to me. It sounds to me like you didn't have that knowledge until you actually experienced really being attracted to someone and desiring them and being intrigued yeah. by them. That you had to have that, yeah. So, like, what they depict in movies is that feeling of intrigue and attraction. But you were just, like, playing the role of that because you weren't really feeling those things. Right, yes. Okay, all right. And so now you can say that you have experienced that. And what's the difference like for you? It's a lot easier to get hurt. (laughs) Um, Yeah. it's, uh, It's a lot easier to get hurt by it. It is a... It's a little eye-opening because you experience genuinely wanting to get to know someone because you like them or doing something for them or just experiencing something with someone else and it not being my parents. <laughs> yeah. What, is that? what does that mean? Like a, a deeper connection, you mean? Yes. <laughs> it's not your parents? Okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> do you find yourself actually more curious? Because remember for your whole life, I'm like, Alyssa, do you know anything? I'm like, what's their last name? You're like, I don't know. <laughs> like, what, what do they do? I Where do they go to school? I don't really know. <laughs> yes, um, I definitely are more intrigued more or like curious about them. I know to ask questions more now. I still don't ask all the questions, but better than I did. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely more intrigued, more interested in getting to know them instead of just like using them or whatever. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I was thinking like in closing, we could maybe let me pull it up really quick do the thing where like I ask like I ask you some questions and you ask me some questions you know okay and then didn't I send you a list like last week or something let me look let me search I'll resend it to you questions where is it oh here we go all right I'll send you this Oh man, these are going to be great. I mean that sarcastically. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know. It's 20, it says um, like 20 questions teens are burning to ask their parents. Okay, so you pick some questions from that list and then I'll ask you some questions from my list. <clears throat> and we'll wrap it up like that. Okay. <laughs> I already know the answer to this one. <sighs> okay, ask it. Do you stalk me on social media? I mean, yeah, I guess. Kind of. You don't really have social media. like. <laughs> I don't really try to use it like I did before. Mm-mm. So, I mean, if you had full-on social media, of course. <laughs> okay. Let me ask you one now. Do you stalk me on social media? Of course. Well, no. No, I don't really stalk you on social media. Just find my location. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, so my real question is, um, do you think that you want to be a parent? Like, do you think you want to have kids? Um, yes. I don't know if that would be from my own womb or someone else's, but yes. Okay. Do you worry about, like, do you think about being a parent as it, like, being a challenge? Do you worry that it'll be very challenging, or how do you, when you think about it? I don't think about it. You don't? I don't think about it, no. Okay. All right. Not really. Not really. Well, you have plenty of time. I don't want you to start thinking about it anyway. I'm just as curious, you know. All right. You asked me one, though. What's the worst thing you did as a teenager? Ooh. I mean, like, can you give me a, a better understanding of worse? Worse as in, like, mean to someone else? Like, worse to another person? Worse to the law? Worse to myself? Like, worst thing I did? Who suffered from it, I guess, is the next clarifier. Just if you think about it, in all of those categories, like, what's the first thing that you think was the worst thing you ever did as a teenager? Um bro I don't know I mean I got in a lot of physical altercations so I I took a baseball bat to someone's car once and that was probably that was probably up there pretty pretty high (laughs) yeah I mean it was really it was rough yeah so I definitely did some nice nice little damages to someone's vehicle I would say that was probably the worst thing on paper off paper off paper? No, that's we'll just say that's the worst thing. What about you? What is the worst thing you did <laughs> as a teenager? Hmm? Um, I'm still in my teen years. Yeah, but it doesn't count. Pre what the worst thing you did before you turned eighteen. Uh hmm. I don't think I've done things, but probably <laughs> hook up with a random guy off of Snapchat. 
Yeah, that one is, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's dangerous and scary and terrifying. I'm so glad I found out about it after the fact, like way after the fact, because, <laughs> oh my God, I would have, I don't know what I would have done if I would have called you. Worse. Huh? I said, good thing I didn't live with you, because I think if I lived with you, you would have, it would have been worse. Oh, if, oh yeah, a hundred percent. Okay. What is something you're probably not going to answer this. Maybe I shouldn't ask this on the podcast. I was going to say, what is something that I, you still haven't told me, but I'm going to pass and wait. Let's see. What is your, what is the thing that inspires you most to be like, that you feel most inspired by like music or what? I mean, just whatever. What, what do you feel most inspired by in this life? Um, inspired. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably you and mom. Are you sure? I, feel I don't like really experience inspiration. That's not true. I don't think that's true. <laughs> so the definition, though, is the process of being mentally stimulated or or to to be made to feel something by an external source. So TV. like, yeah, TV songs of like a hair yeah. braiding video, those things. TV, music, um, and you. What and does mom. it feel like? What does it feel like when TV inspires you? What do you feel like, or what do you? What kind of things do you feel inspired to do? Or think, or believe, or whatever. I don't feel inspired to do anything. Hmm. Maybe use one of their characters as a costume. There you go. But I mean, that's something, right? Okay. Um. And do you tell me? Oh, go ahead. Do I trust you? Yes, I do. That that comes with caveats, and you don't love that because it's not just like flat across the board. Anything you say, I trust. It's not that I don't trust you. Usually, it's that I I like have some greater knowledge of things, like the outcome of things. So I can't just let it lie at whatever you say. But yeah, I do trust you. I feel like you tell me most things, and if not everything, and then I feel like you do. You're pretty obedient, um, and sometimes I don't trust your ability to pick up on red flags. Like, mostly I don't trust your ability to pick up on, like, warning signs or red flags, I guess. Does that answer the question? Yeah. Would you, do you feel like I trust you? Most of the time. Okay. And then when, when you feel like I don't trust you, what, what, like, when we get into it about it, do you do you see that it mostly develops as like a fear of you not understanding the full yeah. situation? I, I mostly understand that it is based out of fear, um, and having more knowledge than I do on a certain situation, but it still can come across as if like you don't trust my like decision making or my instincts. Which I know red flags definitely don't always get the best of, you know, don't always see those. But I do think that, like, at the end of the day, even if you have more knowledge than me, a lot of the times I will still make a good decision, even if I didn't have that knowledge. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. I just... Are afraid. Yeah, I mean, parenting is really hard. And, like, you can't know that until you reach parenthood and then also like you can't know what it's like to parent a person into adulthood until you get there because that is the hardest of all things like it is so much harder than it's more rewarding it's more enjoyable but it's way harder than parenting a child or a baby or whatever you know yeah so I mean in my experience obviously I've only had you know like our experience but in my experience it is terrifying now that you're like and I'm mostly always, like, proud of the decisions that you make, and I watch you turn it around, and I trust you, and all that stuff, but sometimes I'm just, like, you know, sometimes I overreact, and sometimes I'm too involved, I'm sure. Do you trust my parenting? Yes. Oh, that doesn't sound very confident. No, I trust your intentions, and most of your parenting. Huh. <laughs> Wonderful. 
Oh, well, I guess we'll leave them in, huh? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> okay. Well, do you have anything that you think is important to talk about today? Are we done asking questions? Oh, do you want to ask more questions? I mean, we can ask more. Yeah, we have well, some there's more this one that I found. Okay, And it ahead. says, why do you ask who I'm texting? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you picked that because when I saw that, when I sent, like, when I first found those questions, I was like, I know she would ask me this question. Um, so it's mostly this. It's typically because you're either texting in a time that feels slightly inappropriate. And I'm like, who could you be texting right now that you're not gauging that the distraction is, it's, it's not like it's like, like blaringly obvious that it would be inappropriate. It's just like a slight, like, um, like I should be talking to you. Yeah. Like if we're having a more important conversation or something like that, yes, it can stand interruptions of texting, but, but also like is your focus on this conversation then I'll ask you or sometimes I'm just being nosy and I think it's just like you know like I'm just like who are you talking to um at this time of night or like right now I just want to know who it is you know I don't always have like a clear motivation for asking sometimes it's just like a being nosy and being annoying question yeah yeah so do do you have another question well, who, what do you think I, why, why do you think I asked you who you're texting? Mainly because you're nosy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we'll just be I'm like in the car. We're not even really having an important conversation, but if I'm like texting a lot, you're like, who are you talking to? Also, <laughs> we're saying texting, but it's not texting. It's Alyssa taking a selfie and like, you're literally, it's not even a selfie, like a, a random picture and snap text texting, like conversing over the picture, I guess, via <laughs> chat, like in Snapchat. And you have the sound of your camera flash on, you have the camera sound on, and it's mildly annoying every four seconds when like from here to go get food and back, it's like nine times that you take a picture. Yeah. I end up like, some most of the time I turn my ringer off. Yeah, I I mean, I guess, like, is that what everybody does? Or is that, like, exclusive to your group of people? My age of people. Y'all, why, why don't y'all just talk in the chat part? We do, but not always. Oh, like, no. Megan and I will mo- mainly talk over text. Like, we'll mainly just text each other uh-huh. on the chat. But then, like, if it's, like, me and Cameron or me and someone else, they, like, do pictures. And so then I do pictures back. But are they also not really taking pictures of anything? Depends, yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes I feel like you're just taking a picture of the wall. Like, there's not I even, do. like... <laughs> I do take pictures of the wall. If I don't and do they all save to your myself? Snapchat camera no. thing? Oh, my God. That would be so many. Yeah, no. For Snapchat, it's like I have to... Click save if it's a snap. Unless I put it in my story, then it automatically saves. Hmm. Just out of curiosity, you should like turn the save function on and for like one week and just see how many how many random pictures you take of nothing. <laughs> that, that would be, be hilarious. That would be what? That would be terrible. Why? I think it'd be hilarious. Research and development. <laughs> Ooh, here's one. I think I know the answer to this just because of what state we're in now compared to before. But mm-hmm. do you search my room when I'm out? I don't. I actually don't. I don't think I may either. search for something in there. Like if I need like the other day when they're looking for those clear hair ties that you got. Um did you find them? Yes. But I did I don't like I pretty much know like the general area where something is, but I don't dig through things or I you know I don't actually like going through people's stuff. Yeah. That's I why haven't I been pretty through- much knew the answer I hate that feeling it was like very counterintuitive to me when I did it had to do it when you were young and like I would all but convince myself not to do it a lot of the time um but I haven't been through your phone in years you know what I mean like I haven't been through your like even though you have screen time on I don't really look at it occasionally I'll look at it just like 
in an assessment of like what's going on with the data that we're using, you know, like what is going on? Okay, you're using this, you're doing that, you know, whatever. But yeah. I don't even do that. Did you think I went through your room? Hello? What did you say? I said, did you think that I go through your room? Were you oh. not sure? <laughs> um, no. That's why I said I'm pretty sure I knew the answer. Okay. This uh, one says, would you rather I had no friends or friends you don't like? Uh, friends I don't like. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, I definitely don't want you to have no friends. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I won't be talking shit and bitching about it, but, like, I'd rather you have friends I don't like, I think. That's funny, because the next question is, what do you really think of my friends? But the truth is, I already know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't keep that quiet at all. Yeah. Let's Whether see. you like it or not. And I'm always right. Just kidding. <laughs> what else? 98% of the times you do. I mean, you, you you're are. very vocal about my friends that you don't like, too, so <laughs> it's not exactly. <much> different. <laughs> Let's see. Um, that's pretty much all of them that I was interested in asking or ones that I didn't know completely. Okay. And yeah, I guess I'll come out of here and see you in person in just a minute. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks for um, talking to me on the podcast today. You're welcome. Okay, you're welcome. <laughs> Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye.